Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Offensive coordinators change, but the main question never does. Who will really call the plays? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. Steelers and Panthers will go at it, kind of. Tomorrow night in Charlotte, a mostly meaningless preseason game. You're going to see Dwayne Haskins start. You're not going to see Ben Roethlisberger, a lot of other guys, Najee Harris. Uh, So it's going to be an exhibition in the truest sense, at least from the Pittsburgh perspective. Interestingly, the Panthers are expected to really put out their main team to start. And remember that the Steelers and Cowboys did play one more preseason game than everybody else. After practice yesterday on the South Side, Matt Canada met with media and went over a lot of different things. Most of it was quarterbacks, some of it was offensive line, and some of it was play calling, which can be a touchy subject for coordinators. Uh, They don't like to be challenged, but at the same time, when you've got your franchise first ballot Canton-bound quarterback, you've got to have legit respect. It can't just be for show. You've got to have some back and forth. You've got to have some communication. And here's some of what Canada said on this subject. Yeah, I think, you know, we're all that matters is we actually had a conversation about that after he was out and he was still engaged on the phones throughout the game last week once he was done playing. And I think Ben and I have a very similar, you know, belief that all we want to do is win games and uh, we're going to work together. And I've said it from day one. I've learned from him. I listen to him. And obviously we have things that, you know, let's give this a look on both sides. You know, maybe we're doing this and this is a thought I had and give this a look and hey look at this from his perspective and all we're trying to do is find a way to score one more point in the team we play every week we play that's our only goal and I think you know all of us all of us are doing that certainly not minimizing the great you know the great ability and knowledge of the game Ben has and I've said that multiple times we're going to use everything we can to get that done now the coordinator alone won't be what's new it'll also be the way they communicate because Canada will be, for anybody who doesn't know this, 
up in the booth. He's not going to be at field level the way he was last year when he was quarterback's coach. Mike Sullivan, the new quarterback's coach, will be down there at field level. But for Ben to communicate with Canada, it's going to have to be via phone and then via helmet up until 15 seconds before the snap per NFL rules. And according to Canada, they did this through the Detroit game, the preseason game last Saturday, and he made it sound like it went okay. So obviously, you know, you guys all know this, you've, you've been doing it longer than me in the NFL, so I'm able to talk directly to Ben on the field, you know, up until 15 seconds, so calling the plays, there's no, there's no middleman with that. A lot of guys are obviously doing it in the league. When Ben comes off, Sully's right there with him. We've got a headset for Ben. If Ben wants to talk to me, if I want to talk to Ben, he puts a headset on. We did that last week, and here's what we saw. Here's what we're thinking. What about this? So it's a very fluid situation there. Um, I think it went very well last week, and obviously last week was just you know what it was, but we feel good about where we're at with that. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose how you'd prefer to absorb those, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format is what works for you. Learn more about all of this at pointpark.edu. We're not going to know. We're not going to know until there's regular season football. You can't base anything off one quarter of a preseason. It's nice that they seem, the two of them, Ben and Canada, to be legit getting along. There seems to be a really nice vibe. Maybe it helps that Canada was here as the QB coach all of last season. So they're they're not strangers. And maybe it helps that Ben has just had the most upbeat attitude about everything. I, I, I can't underscore that enough in describing important things that have occurred during this training camp. So there's this real, yay, I love Matt Canada from Ben, and there's this, yay, I love Ben Roethlisberger from Canada. And it's just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Now, at some point or other, though, Ben has to go to the line of scrimmage and do an RPO, and he's going to have to look over the landscape, and he's going to have to see where the safety is, and he's going to have to see whether or not this running play that was called is going to be able to get more than half a yard, and he's alone. He's alone when he does that. Ben from the past... And by that I mean the recent past. We'll survey that situation, the one I just described, and check out to a pass 100% of the time. And that's going to be, I think, the first time that you see any kind of, uh, I don't want to say discord or friction, that sounds dramatic, but something that doesn't work necessarily with what the coaches, plural, hope to achieve entering a given game. For example, if you're going against an opponent that just stinks at defending the run, and you go out there and you see that they are just 
determined. They're de- just hell-bent on stopping your run, even though they stink at it. And they put, you know, eight, nine guys in the box. And you go and you run right at it, and, you know, it produces the expected result. Yeah, you're going to want to do some things to loosen that up. And you do have a lot of options. But at some point, over the course of that three-hour affair, depending on how the score uh, materializes, you will need to commit to the run. That's the term you always hear. It's about committing. It's about sticking with it. It's about pounding them. It's about wearing them down. You've got a 232-pound running back who moves like lightning and who can do a lot of different things. You got to use him. You got to use him. It's not going to be enough to just send 22 uh, out wide to the flank, even though he's capable of it. You're going to have to run the football. And I'm predicting here and now that with the Steelers facing the Bills in the open, and the Bills have a pretty good defensive line, you're going to see this come to a head almost immediately in some form or other, where we're going to be questioning who called that, who checked out of that, uh, who wanted this, what did they really want to do, what did Matt Canada really want to do, what did Ben do to overrule him. And then after the game, you're going to hear, oh, and mark this down, you are going to hear from Ben Something, something, no huddle. Yes, I called the plays on that 93-yard, 20-play uh, drive that we had to win the game. You, that, that is a slam dunk that you're going to hear that. When we come back, just one question. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time for just one question as brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who filed for workers' comp, who need assistance with medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com. Question comes from Matthew Rice Baldwin, who asks, If Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph show enough in whatever limited appearances they make this upcoming season, does it negate the Steelers drafting a quarterback next year, or do they still need to draft one regardless? Well, I mean, you've got a pretty big hypothetical in there, obviously. Because if Rudolph gets to see significant action, that means Ben's got a significant injury. If 
Haskins sees significant action when it's really clear at this point that he's number three, then there's really, really big issues leading into that. And if that's the case, if either of those is the case, then your question kind of answers itself. Because if Ben has a significant injury, what's the first thing you and I and everybody else are going to be talking about, Matthew? You know, Ben's done. That's it. He's done. Kaput. Finito. Over. It was nice. Great. We'll make him a statue or something. But he's not going to be the quarterback the following year. So the question kind of answers itself. I'd like to think that the Steelers have built up multiple options on this front. You've heard by now over the years that even though Rudolph was a third-round pick, that the Steelers themselves had hung a first-round grade on him. You know that Haskins was an actual first-round pick of Washington and, of course, was thrown right into the fire. So you can make an argument that they've already got a couple of first-round picks sitting here waiting in the wings. In, in the case of Mason, been waiting a long time in the wings. The one image that I can't get out of my head, though, anytime this subject comes up, and I don't know how many of you saw this, but this was back before this past NFL draft, and Mike Tomlin and a bunch of other Steelers people went to Ohio State's Pro Day, and Tomlin was tailing Justin Fields around as if he were his son. And he was waiting by the portion of the field where the kid had to come out before partaking in a whole bunch of drills. And Tomlin's standing there saying, you know what we're here to see? Show me something good. Show me something good. And then afterward, and the reason we know all this is because Ohio State did a like a behind-the-scenes type of uh, short film on this thing. So you could hear everything Tomlin was telling him. Tomlin loved him. Tomlin loved him. And we can say all we want about the magic of Najee Harris dropping to the Steelers and it's so great that it happened or whatever else. I am telling you that if somehow, some way, some nutty scenario... Fields had fallen to the Steelers, they would have taken him. I believe that. I really believe that. They would have figured out the running back thing somehow. But they would have taken Fields. I think they already have their eyes out. That doesn't mean they don't like or trust Haskins or Rudolph or don't see them as potential successors. It just means that they want to multiply their chances, which at that position would be the smartest possible approach. Get as many of these guys as you possibly can. So should their eyes be open in the first round next year, no matter what Haskins and or Rudolph does this fall and winter? Yes, yes, a thousand times yes i appreciate the question matthew i appreciate everybody listening to daily shot of steelers let's do it again tomorrow game day Mm -hmm.